behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We're back, baby. What episode is this, Casey? Episode 18, baby. Wow. Can you believe it? We are really rocking this shit. We're getting them out every Monday. There's behavior momentum really flowing right now. Um, let's think, think of a rhyme. One, eight, isn't it great? Boom. There you go. And 18 is my lucky number. Just so you awesome. know. Um, as always, you guys could subscribe. Well, you should, not you could. As in, do it right now. Subscribe to our podcast. You could do it you, wherever you listen to your podcast. But if you want to also leave us a review, we'll love the shit out of you. You could do that on Apple Podcasts. And just leave a five-star review and some kind, positive reinforcement. We eat that shit up. Also, if you want to support us even further, go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Behavior Bitches Podcast and support us. You could do it for as low as $2 a month. Believe it or not, it takes money to do all these little creative projects that we want to do. And a lot of you guys have already helped us, but the more help, the better. What else is going on? Next week is really exciting because tell them, Casey. All right. So next week, I am flying out to Texas on Thursday morning. I'm going to bring you guys along on the journey. And I get to meet Liat live in person for the first time. Let's hope we like each other. Let's hope. We've been doing this long enough. We've never met. If we don't like each other, we will also make sure that is live on the gram so you don't miss a thing. I'm spending um, 10 days with her. We're also going to Tex Abba's business boot camp to meet our last episode's guest, Sarah Trotman Esslinger, and today's guest, which we will get into soon. We are super pumped for this opportunity to not only have them on our podcast previously, but then getting to see them speak and meet them in person. We are just hashtag blessed over here. Um, first, let's back up just a little bit. Um, I want to read um, a review. We always want to, you know, give our listeners some feedback and some notoriety. Um, We love getting these things. It's so exciting, the five-star reviews. We also get a lot of good Instagram messages, which is what I'm going to share today. And I'm going to urge you, if you do send it through Instagram, go on Apple and leave a um, five-star review there. But this is from T-Bird. Hi, I am ABA obsessed and your podcast is amazing and a highlight of my week. I listened to your episode with Sarah Trotman the night before interviewing with a new ABA company. It definitely gave me the advice I needed to hear. Ethical practices and quality supervision are so much more valuable than making more money. Yes, I cannot express that enough. I feel like it gave me the right questions to ask and today I got offered the job. Love you, mean it. I love this. I love that review. I love that you got the job. I love that you care about ethics, that that shit meant something to you. We just love you, T-Bird. Thank thank you, you. T-Bird. And now go ahead, T-Bird, and take that review and just copy it and paste it into the Apple iTunes podcast app. <laughs> All we right. are beating a dead horse over here, guys. But I will say I'm happy to have her back because if you tuned in last week, you will know that right as we were starting this podcast with Sarah Trotman, I was so excited. And Liat sits down. We're about to record. And she gets up and runs out of the room. I don't know where she went camp i'm like okay sorry sarah i get I nervous with famous people that's why i'm like shaking for our guest today no you literally texted no i started me. throwing up i yeah. actually like i had a lupus flare up and i started throwing up and so like i'm texting her from the bathroom and i'm like 
yo, it's coming out of both ends. Just start it. You could do it. You got this girl. You don't need me. And so she did the whole thing. But today I'm feeling better. Thank God. So really excited to have you back. I missed you as uh, my co-host and we are going to crush it today. But let's do a quick little wrap up of what's been going on in our lives. I mean, I got married Wait, yesterday. Did you tell them. Yeah, you tell them. What? <laughs> I got fucking married yesterday, guys. Yep. Uh, we've been engaged for like two and a half years, tried planning multiple weddings. They get out of control and crazy really fast, expensive families get involved, take away what we really wanted. So we just went to the courthouse, had a beautiful, sweet ceremony by ourselves. I am allowed to say this on the podcast because this won't drop till Monday and family will all know on Saturday when we throw a, basically just a pizza party at our favorite bar. They don't know why they're coming. Told them just to come, that they should be there. I have, it's going to be very, very, very chill. I think my bill for the food was, is going to be $80. So that's what my wedding will cost. Oh very exciting. My effing gosh. Hold on. Uh, the condition motivating oper operation transitive. I got to plug in my, um, <laughs> my laptop. I need my charger. Not prepared. Hold on. Liat will talk a little bit about what she's been doing. Okay. I'll talk about Casey. The fact that she literally reminds me of Fiona Gallagher. If anyone's watched Shameless, like her family is literally shameless. Like, oh, I just got married yesterday. We'll all meet at the local bar. YOLO. Um, so that's what's going on with Casey. What's going on with me? I have the Jewish holiday. So I was out of class on Monday around whatever all the random shit going on, but I'm feeling good now. My lupus is in control and I am ready to get this episode started because I'm super pumped for the guest we have on today. The Hit guest. it, baby. All right, we're really pumped. Today on our podcast, we don't know how this happened because it started off having like our moms, dads, sisters, brothers, anyone who would come onto the podcast to come talk about what they do. And we're obviously getting cooler. We're doing something right. Our behavior is being reinforced because we're getting real badasses in the field on our podcast. And today we have Ryan O. I'm sure the majority of our listeners are girls just because our field needs more males. So everyone could drool over the fact that Ryan O is on the podcast today. He has a girlfriend. So everyone relax. He's from the Daily BA. You've probably seen his shit on YouTube, on Instagram. I mean, he makes like really professional stuff, like really cool. If you haven't seen him, type in the Daily BA. Go follow him on any social media platform. So he's someone that I've been following since my, I started my master's program in 2016. Um, he's got a fresh and modern approach on disseminating the science of ABA. I just think it's fascinating. And I think our field is very lucky to have him creating such cool ass content that takes so much of his time and so much money. So we got to think of these things when we're looking at these amazing creators and what they're doing. I want to give a little background on him before we introduce him. A little foreplay, if you may. Um, all right. So Ryan hails from Reno, Nevada, and his goal in life is to fill the gap between the amazing science of behavior and the billions of people it could impact for the better. Ryan spends countless hours, guys, countless. I see all the stuff he puts out. I don't know how the F he does Dude, it. Dude, he has more hours than anyone else in a day. Something's like weird about it. I don't know. He has more than 24 in a day. He sure does. It's a superpower. That's mine also. Um, creating content for his YouTube channel, The Daily BA. Uh, he's got two podcasts, The Controversial Exchange and Why We Do What We Do, as well as ChatCon. I'll he beat the dead horse. Go leave him a review too. I like to beat the horse and beg for reviews. So go leave him a review on um why we do what we do and the second one is um controversial exchange baby the controversial exchange go 
why not? They're free to give. Give these reviews. We're in the field of positive reinforcement. Keep people doing what they're doing. Okay, I'm done with the dead horse. Sorry, keep going. No worries. So Ryan has a master's degree, um, master's in science of applied behavioral analysis, and he's a true entrepreneur. He travels all over the world um, talking about behavior analysis in pretty easy, plain language so people understand it. And he also gets to interview some badass people in our field oh my God, that are yes. super impactful. Um, he has started three businesses, numerous joint ventures, a behavioral think tank, two podcasts, a professional development movement, and helped organizations that support people with disabilities. So basically, he's a really lazy guy. Um, when he's not <laughs> creating, spreading the science, you can find him hiking giant mountains and taking breathtaking photos. Um, so Ryan's always interviewing people. So today we're going to flip the script and interview him. So without further ado, Ryan O. People. What is up? Did we, get so much. Did we get all your info right? Yeah, no, it's solid. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, great. I only yeah, stalk for days and days before I have, well, you I, and Sarah on the podcast. I, yeah, I, pub I publicly posted also. It's pretty easy to stalk and find, right? <laughs> yeah. Nerd herd. Um, yes. Well, first off, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on today and taking time. I know you're so busy. I think we've had this scheduled for like a month now. So we were not letting this one go. Um, no, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm stoked. It's always fun to jump on podcasts and share passion with other behavior analysts. So bring it. And Let's you know, it, Ryan, baby. I'll beat the dead horse. So like, if you weren't going to come, I would just keep beating you to come on. Apparently <laughs> the title of today's episode is beating a dead horse. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the secret to success. Part of it is uh, not giving up on those sort of Persistence, things. Persistence, right? I know. Go, 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 yeah. Okay, so can you start off by telling us how the hell you got into this field? What is your background? Tell us yes. about you. So the kind of like condensed version is uh, grew up in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, kind of close to like Area 51. This town called uh, Tonopah, Nevada, and uh, really, really small. I'm talking about there was 120 people that were in our high school, and there was four other towns that bust in to like make up that total. So it was just very traditional, family values, conservative uh, sort of background. And the only way to get out of there, if you didn't want to work in uh, those similar sort of uh, test sites or the gold industry and such was to try to break into either Reno or Las Vegas. So I went into Reno not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, Pre-med sounded like a cool thing because my mom worked in the medical industry and there was a lot of money that was made there. Um, but after my first semester, I realized that the only thing I really enjoyed was my course on psychology. Uh, psych 101. So logically, it made sense to take the next one in the program sequence, which is Psych 205, uh, and just happened to be a principal's behavior class by uh, a student of Linda Hayes. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but it was something that I was doing well at, as well as enjoying. So that uh, <laughs> I went from my first semester to my second semester. Um, stop like I used to skip the skip class to go to the uh, snowboarding and go to the mountain and things like that but halfway through my second semester I was like so into this stuff that I was like no guys you go I'm gonna like go to class and everyone was like flabbergasted and I also had that like look in the <laughs> mirror of like who are you <laughs> like what are you doing Nerd right heard. <laughs> yeah um so it was the first time that I really realized like hey I'm doing pretty well um and I'm interested in this sort of stuff so that's where it started I have always uh, prefaced like a lot of my career with I've been super lucky and fortunate to not have any like social medical sort of family issues mental health issues in my life that like require a lot of attention 
And so I've been able to dump a lot of time into my career. And it was uh, also something I planned on doing really heavily initially to just try a lot of different things out. So at one point, um, uh, or at some at some point, I've had probably a total of like 10 or 12 jobs in behavior analysis, kind of worked my way up in different applications, um, different roles. Uh, and during that time, I realized like I wasn't giving it 100% in a lot of the typical roles consistently. So after a year, year and a half, I'd wake up and for example, like a clinical director or like a case manager role, like I just wasn't pumped to give it a hundred percent. And those people at the end of our services like deserve that and require that. So that's kind of after five, six, seven years of like slowly uh, learning the science, realizing that in these different roles, I was like, what can I do? Never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now and creating videos and like the kind of social media and storytelling sort of presence. But it's uh, kept me interested for two years now. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm only getting more and more like uh, infatuated with like the process. So I think that's a good sign. So that, yeah, I don't know where to to dip off there in that, that well, timeline. I'll, I'll just say that um, thank you for what you've been doing for the past two years, first off. Um, you, you have a clear passion, knack, uh, very experienced stuff. Your content is amazing. Your interviews, the people that you have found. I mean, these are questions we're going to continue to ask you, but um, yeah. it's amazing. And it inspired me and motivated me same way of, you know, sometimes in that everyday clinical job that you're in, um, it, you get burnout is a real thing and having to try to you know, reinvigorate yourself. Okay. Yes. This is why I got into this field. This is the science. This is exciting. We are not just, um, you know, you're, we're really, really helping people. And sometimes when you work for certain organizations that don't share those same values and missions, um, you get, you know, you're just tired and I just appreciate. And I think a lot of people that listen to your stuff are on the same boat as I am that you're doing some good shit, dude. Um, cool. Thanks. I always have to pay it forward too. Um, if you looked at the stuff that I do and you looked at all the people that I consume on like social media, you'd see, I'm just like picking and pulling from other people on different courses and things like that. Right. Um, so it's all yeah, the, the people fact that, that you I even consume. know all that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's just <laughs> no, not but... coming out of nowhere, I guess. Right. Like it's all these different, uh, uh creators that I follow and stuff that I'm kind of like pushing. And I think it's like, a little hard to make the leap. Cause like, for example, when I was working as a clinician, as a BCBA at a clinic, right. And they're like, oh, you're going to be director next. So like, I was like, oh, cool. Wow. Oh my God. They love me. Little did I not know that like there's enough clinics that everyone could be a director, number one, but <laughs> number two, I was like, I felt so bad that I was going to be leaving the field to be working on like test prep, to be helping people for the test. And I was like, but I'm leaving these kids behind. So like, you kind of feel this like pull of like, I want to do my own thing, but I'm leaving something else. But then like what you're doing, let's say like you're disseminating the science, right? Or like I'm helping get more BCBAs out there. That's also helping the field. We need people like you, you know? So I had a little bit of a challenge with that at first because I was like, there's so few BCBAs, like I need to be helping in that way. So that was a little difficult for me personally, but you're doing yeah, great definitely. things. It's, it's a, a big system of like professionals and the different roles and, um, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm hitting a niche that's really needed. Um, work you is are. busy and it's keeping me busy. <laughs> so Ryan, you were first a BCABA, correct? Yeah. So yeah, I sat down. Did I tell you that? Did you find that? I just listened to you a lot. I'm just, that's again, some hash, solid research. Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Even you if you were a social media guy, trust me, she would find it. She yeah. is like, <laughs> like, 
you don't want to be like her ex-boyfriend or something. She will find <laughs> everything. <laughs> I guess what my question on that was, um, what are your thoughts on, you know, people that get their BC ABA before they get their BC BA? Why did you go that route? Yeah, so uh, the University of Nevada, Reno, where I went to undergrad. Um, so after that first that first course, um, I took every other psychology course that you could possibly imagine. Um, abnormal, clinical, experimental, all these sort of things. And I realized, oh man, like I really like this behavioral stuff. So once I got through that, um, I was I went back to my professor and I was like, hey, like what can I do here to kind of fast track into this? And he's like, don't throw all of your. Um, he was pretty good at saying like, don't throw all of your uh, eggs in like one basket per se. Like you know, I and and like look around at what's available when it comes to psychology. Because after I pestered him for a little bit, he was the one that really pointed me out that UNR just happened to have a like bachelor's sequence where you could get your BCABA. However, you weren't able to, uh, like I wasn't, I would have to delay graduation by like a year, year and a half to be able to take all those courses. Um, so for me, it was just kind of like partially right. The people around me were partially right that I stumbled into. And um, I was able to take the majority of the courses before I went into grad school. So when I moved into grad school, um, I don't remember how I did this. This is funny. Um, I hate when you like lose part of your history, right? Like it's gone. I don't know where it came. Um, but I, I, that's what happens when you do 500 videos a day. Yeah. Right. I had to take some sort of online, um, ethics require. I, I had to figure out the ethics crime and I remember how I did that. Um, but yeah, I just kind of went through, um, and did the required work and the supervision hours. And for me, it was, uh, kind of two things like it looked like a, the next step and it made sense but also served as like getting ready for the exam and whatnot um, I knew people stressed over that process that were around me so I was like why not um, do the extra work to to kind of experience what that's like I don't have a lot of test prep uh, or anxiety when I'm going to those sort of things but I still wanted to like see what it looked like um, so yeah it was nice and then of course you can use those things um, in some places to be able to uh, get a little bit of leverage on your employer and be like, hey, I'm worth a little bit more now. Um, and so I, I definitely use yeah. that as a as a way to um, not in that case, like get paid more, but get the job I wanted in the place that I wanted to with the right mentors. Um, and that helped me get that stamp of approval. I love, I love that. that. I mean, again, also your mentors, when you talk about, can you say maybe two of your biggest mentors that you had in the field that you had the opportunity to learn from? Yeah, uh, one of them was someone that was literally just a year ahead of me in the course sequence, but is a sage. Uh, most people don't know him, and his name is Mark Malady. Uh, he's here based in Reno. Um, there's is certain that where people... you live right now? Do you live in Reno right now? Yeah, Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city. Um, <laughs> Mark, uh, I actually followed Mark to grad school um, and lived with him for a year just because he's so brilliant. There's some of those people that just have that like life experience on top of um the the good academic and like study skills and mark had that in ways that i didn't so like we worked really well together and then um man who else that well you mentioned linda hayes yeah so linda hayes i did not get to study underneath linda um but i had to sit in some of their lab meetings so she's mm -hmm. a really well-known behavior analyst that's in the philosophy sort of domain um I would say I owe quite a bit to Melissa Nosick as well, which is deputy to the CEO, I think is her title, um, in the BACB. So she's right behind uh, Jim Carr and like on that team. And she just happened to be the person that uh, 
was my manager on the cases that I was working at when I first started working applied with adults with intellectual disabilities. So um, she kind of taught me the ropes, really her and Mark um, is who taught me the ropes on like how to take what you're learning in the books and apply it. Like that part always seems super hard and they help teach me that skill of like how to translate this stuff to the real world. I think that's what a lot of the master's programs are. I mean, from what I've heard, I mean, Liat and I teach for Study Notes ABA and we encounter a ton of people that are going through their master's coursework and the lack of, um, and it's same with mine, of applying it to the real world is. Um, They'll be like, I learned more tonight in a class than I learned my entire master's program. I'm like, that's so sad. You spend so much on your master's program. And that's yeah. great that you know how to analyze data like for research, but a lot of people aren't going into research. And I'm like, do you not realize behaviors? Everything, behaviors hooking up with multiple guys in one night, behaviors this, <laughs> it's everything. And so I think that a lot of programs actually are missing that aspect, which, and when it's relatable, yeah, you understand it better. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, the field's expanding so damn fast that it's hard for our systems to keep up. And I think it was hard for people to have foresight as to like how fast things would grow. I know at one point, um, the board did some research with someone outside of the field to look at our industry and it's grown faster than most any other professional organization has grown in the past ever. So like we are experiencing this kind of like crazy point right now in our system uh, because of the demand and how many people need it out there. So I guess uh, the point of bringing this up is like, I have sympathy to kind of all involved because I think there's a lot of people trying to work really fast. Like my past mentor, Melissa, I know that they are working night and day um, seven days a week to like try to just help because of the pressures of the system that they face within just the BACD, totally. you know? So yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. pressure so, everywhere. Even people like wanting to pass the test, right? It's like, it's not like, oh, I need to pass. It's like, my job needs me to be a BCBA three months <laughs> yeah. ago. I yeah. have to pass. They paid for my modules. Now I really have to pass. <laughs> and it's like, BDS. it's like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> that pressure alone is going to kill you, let alone yeah. get you to the test. But like, that's where the field is. I mean, and on the BCBA side, it's amazing, right? It's like, I could get it like, my worst thing was if I took this leap and left and did study notes ABA, the worst thing that could happen is I'll have to go get a job at a clinic again, you know, and I don't hate yeah. it. <laughs> but like, I'll find a job. So for sure. Yeah, I was kind of cool. I, I remember jumping off myself. And I was just like, you're gonna be so like I'm so vocal about uh, that I like I shared at the beginning of this right how I don't feel like I can put 100% into that I was like I don't know like I could find a backup but like I'm not gonna a I'm not gonna be able to like jump into it myself but like they might not believe me you know <laughs> that, <laughs> right. that that I'm like ready to jump into that job again too right There's you're like taking there. the time off <laughs> yeah um, so let's just back up a little bit you know Casey's the like rule follower let's stay on track person cool. and I'm not <laughs> that's all right yeah Keep you mean, that's why we, we balance each other so all right I want to back up a little bit so you became a BCBA you were working um I know you have a lot of experience with adults with autism and that's also my background um is adults and so maybe talk a little bit about your experience with adults and then I have some two other questions that are more okay. putting you right on the spot but okay cool so so yeah um I guess a preface before the adults, I, I tried to work as fast as I could um, in as many roles as I could with as many populations as I could. Um, and that was just because each bring their kind of uh, different perspective, different nuance, right? Adults, I was super lucky to stumble into because I don't think I would have selected it later on. It was just the first place I worked where I met that uh, Mark Valdi and Melissa Nosik. And um, 
the reason I, I feel like it was, uh, I was super lucky about that is they taught me like the end game of things, right? So like when you're teaching a skill with a younger learner, it's hard to necessarily take that end perspective, what's going on. So like, I didn't realize at the beginning, but teaching something like uh, teaching a 45 year old person how to wipe their ass for the first time, um, really Welcome puts into perspective. To my life. Yeah, it really puts into perspective um, the importance of toilet training and like setting up those independent self-care skills, right? Um, so I always felt this like sense of pressure in other scenarios with other populations. Not that I didn't feel it there, but I also was able to like carry that over to like, where's this gonna be in five, 10, 15 years? Um, and so yeah, adults, there's, we have such a rich history there of like working those different capacities. Um, seems like there's kind of a revitalization in some areas. I've, I've been following some people in California that are like revamping things. We did some work in, uh, we is like me and an organization, not me specifically, but the organization I worked for, um, before I started doing this full-time media sort of gig, um, was really doing a lot of things in Nevada, like revamping the models for adult, um, services and such. And I don't know, it's, it's hugely needed, although it's not maybe the, the first thing that you run into as a behavior analyst, right? For the first population. I think, I think a lot of people want to work with kids right away. I, same thing, what you said, Ryan, really hit to me is that I've always been in the adult population for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely trying because, you know, the progress made is not as fast as a child. And no. there are skills that you're like, wow, there's 40 years of reinforced behavior here. And how do I break this? And how do I change this? But yeah, there aren't a lot of people that want to get into that. And again, if I, now I want to go and work, um, I need, again, I need to get the experience, right? I want to work. I want to have experience with children, um, teenagers, all of that. So, but if I hadn't have gotten the adults, I wonder if I would have selected it later on. I'm blessed yeah. that I was already in it. And I have such an appreciation for the fact that all of those skills and all of those, um, you know, things that were trained or weren't trained and seeing it in the adults and being like, wow, you know, I have an, I have one adult who had ABA from the time he was 18 months old, like trained Lova sent out um, a stu his students to work with him to New Hampshire, you know, mm -hmm. and seeing his level of having early intervention versus some of my adults that didn't get ABA until they were in their twenties. Right. And getting such a, there's such a vast thing where you're like, wow, if they would have just had this earlier, they could have, done so much in life and now it's like our job and if they shouldn't be left behind they shouldn't be um the adults it's only growing we're about to enter a huge crisis yeah. of these adults like <laughs> they only well, get older Ryan, i want to ask you a question on your opinion i know it's not on the sheet and i know Kate yeah. is a rule follower and like different rules <laughs> shoot let's go but you know a lot of stuff comes as much as we are supposed to be in this field to help others a lot insurance gets involved right and it's mm -hmm. like insurance is paying for kids age three, at least where I live, to 21, oftentimes. So I feel like a lot of people are not putting as much interest in these older kids, even when you're trying to get hours for a kid who's older or not. I shouldn't be calling them a kid. I'm sorry. It's just like a, a teen or something. Mm -hmm. um, do you notice that to be a problem at all? Because there's some, you know... I believe that someone could learn at any age, you know? So yeah. do you see like, that as a problem because of like the insurance thing? Like, yeah, funding mechanisms, like what impact that has? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, totally. So like well, we were, um, so adult services in Nevada, for example, were like $40, roughly $40 per day to be able to provide services for six hours for somebody. So when you break that down, 
you're talking about uh, if I had an eight-hour staff, that's like six dollars an hour is what I'd be paying them for like a one-on-one -on -one sort of service. And like there's there's not just one-on-one -on -one services like when I was the company I was working at before, like you work in um, eight to one, five to one, two to one, one to one ratios, like that kind of bounces out, but you still are talking about trying to figure out how to provide services without losing money, which is obscene. So like if we get into OBM, I can kind of talk about that a little bit more. We will, um, I'll shut up. I just wanted to ask you yeah. about that. Well, yeah, so like uh, 100%, like, and this goes for anything that has to do with any sort of talk about money in our field. Like we are in a capitalistic society in which that is the ultimate value that is unfortunately is assigned above things like dignity, respect, health, those sort of things. Um, and so I, that is like an important, I kind of look at it as like a foundation as to like how you are a behavior analyst, how you are a good person, right? Like there's going to be some sort of funding mechanism there that's going to influence things, um, which usually means and is tied into like what I'm doing now, like we have to advocate and be able to like compel the right people uh, to fund things, right? So And I think speak about these things openly as well, just because, yeah. you know, like if it goes, it's like, oh, well, every person's prescribing 40 hours to every child for ABA services. And then insurances start saying, what's up with this? Right. And yeah. if it's not spoken about by us, like, I think it's really important, you know, to disseminate in a way of like, well, what some kids could benefit from having 40 hours, whereas yeah. maybe it's not necessary for every kid. Maybe they're missing out on activities where they could be in a, you know, less restrictive environment or something. So I just think it's, it's great what you're doing, spreading that word. We're trying to spread it um all right yeah. back on track peanut butter jelly that's our um <laughs> that's our uh, our code word for uh being off getting I together what i'll I really shut up want... no we don't you don't you had you had two other like point point yeah right? so what Let's i really them. i've got well actually two others i have um 17 <laughs> okay <laughs> which we probably won't get to but anyways uh, i want you to talk a little bit about the daily da i want people to really know what you do and what you know, what is your mission with the Daily BA? Okay. So uh, when I was working the last job as like a case manager sort of role, I was also like creating new business for this company in, in Reno as a behavior analyst. Um, there was a night where I saw a parody video, um, really well done by a YouTuber named Sarah Dietschy of this other gentleman. And I couldn't put my finger on like who it was that she was parodying, but I was like, I know that person. And so it was one of those things that just kind of intrigued me. It was like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And so I hopped over to YouTube where she said like, watch what, um, uh, watch this guy's channel. And I found myself just clicking, clicking next, next, next video. Like as soon as it was over, next one, as soon as it was over, next one. And it was this YouTuber, Casey Neistat. Anyone watches my stuff and like knows this stuff, you're gonna be like, oh, I see the components there of like what you're pulling from it. Um, I got totally obsessed with this dude for lack of a better word, um, like immediately. It was to the point that like, I watched... I'm totally obsessed with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same. The Casey, same. calm, calm. I told you to <laughs> calm for this episode and you got married yesterday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool it, honey. But yeah, literally my, my alarm clock went off to like go to the gym and like go to work and I watched all night. So I was like, well, um, I went into work and I was like, Hey guys, like there was a couple other, uh, real close colleagues that I worked with. Um, hey guys, putting... I quit. I watched yeah. the video on YouTube. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Uh, but I did come in saying like, hey, I was that guy that didn't sleep last night. Like, I can't make decisions. Like, I'm not responsible for anybody's like 
life health safety today. Uh, I'm just gonna do paperwork in the corner. And like, we all worked our asses off. We had this good agreement where like, you'd be able to do those sort of things if you had um, class or you made a stupid decision like I did the night before, air quotes stupid. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was like fascinated that day. I was like, why did I keep clicking through? And this took me about a year to kind of put together, but it led down just this stream of like calling different people on video channels and um, exploring like I bought a GoPro and I was like trying to record stuff and I was trying to edit and I was like this is the hardest thing how does this guy at the time Casey was uploading daily like as a video every daily um, every day and so for me it was just kind of like I was getting my ass whooped by this process um, I realized that there was kind of a couple components the technical side as well as the storytelling side um, and when I dove into this dude's work I realized like he had done a show that was sold to HBO he had been in uh, Sundance, these like film festivals, like it wasn't just, you know, this guy started uploading YouTube and it was huge. It was like, he put in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of work to make it awesome. He developed the skill set. So um, after tinkering around with it a little bit, I was like, I either need to commit and like get off my ass and do something about it. Or I need to um, be like done with this. My, as my dad would say, like shit or get off the pot. <laughs> it's like the, what you need to do. Um, and I was on a trip uh, very end of 2017 going to 2018 um and i was like i'm gonna go for it i just ran some like loose numbers on like what would i um how much time would i put in what would i be what would success look like for me um on these sort of things and it wasn't uh defined on views or whatnot but it was just like if i could hit this many videos and like get this sort of traction like that's what i'd be interested in um and yeah so the idea was the daily ba daily to force myself um to upload daily i don't upload daily if anyone follows they know that um, but the idea was if you put the self-imposed contingency on uploading, it forces me to create something, put it out there, which the most important part there is the feedback loop. Like that feedback then comes from everybody else on like, this was good or shit or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, like it was in a sense, creating my own feedback loops so that I could really decide more and more, like whether or not I want to do this sort of thing. So I think the rules still stayed on the, the daily VA where, um, for me, like the goals were like, could I make something I'm happy with? Um, is it something that um, I would enjoy doing like over a long period of time? Would other people find it valuable? If so, like could I build sustainable sort of system around that, which does include like the business aspect of it because this shit's super expensive um, to be able to do those sort of things. So yeah, daily YouTube videos on something related to behavior analysis. That's all the stated goal is, was, still is. Um, there's not like a super dedicated mission. It's largely, I talk about it as like inward speaking. So it's kind of like talking to behavior analysts. It's not necessarily meant for people outside of behavior analysis. Not that there's videos that don't do that. Um, but I was going to make a little bit more of a defined pivot in a couple of years to try to really put behavior analysis out to the world. And right now it's like, can I even communicate to behavior analysts, right? Like, can we even talk to these nitpicky, super type A <laughs> personalities, right? And you've done and like, so good. And you've done well. Don't worry. We're trying to talk to the rest of the world who aren't behavior analysts. So yeah. you, you cover that. You're doing amazing. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, yeah, so I, you have some great interviews with, like, I mean, Pat Fryman, Evelyn Wait, Gould. and Casey, I really want to hear this. And I know you're going to say I'm cutting in, but this is really something important because you know I like pulling the behavioral principles. Yes. So Go please, ahead, girlfriend. Please. This is behavior interruption. Okay, so with your, that's what I put in when I'm doing behavior stuff. Um, do you feel that as an entrepreneur doing your own thing, running your own business, you utilize your knowledge of behavior? And I'm not talking about your knowledge of verbal behavior or something yeah. along those lines. Um, 
to run your business in terms of whether people are liking your shit, not liking your shit, blah, blah, yeah. blah. No, a hundred percent. Probably the easiest way to have people go back and like look at a video and think about these sort of things is just the idea of uh, stimulus control. So uh, what behavior is being influenced by what stimuli, like what that sort of stuff's like. So for example, how do I get people to uh, comment versus pay it? Or so first of all, how do I get people to pay attention to past the first like three to five seconds? Like there is an art of trying to figure that out in its first place. Um, if you look at old shit that I've produced, like it's a lot harder to stick through the first like five to 10 seconds and kind of get hooked than the newer stuff. Not that I haven't mastered by any means, but like, that in its essence is stimulus control, like trying to get people um, to to pay attention to certain parts and things like that. So um, for example, like uh, I've got a camera here where like there's a, a certain, there's a couple different cameras here. I have different lenses. Different lenses are gonna produce different effects I learned later on um, when it comes to uh, how like pointed you can get the focus on things. So for example, I could have something that's a very wide angle that has everything in focus and you're likely to be distracted by the shit that's behind me and things like that. I could pull something that has focus just on the person talking. And so you'll see progressions throughout my videos over years um, or over months where you'll see like, I'm getting more precise with those sort of things. And what it is, you're just trying to shape or control for like what stimuli you want um, people to pay attention to. And you're trying to stack the deck in your in the favor of them paying attention to the things you want them to pay attention to. Does that make sense? So like that's yeah. student's control. That's, that's like yeah. what video is. And that's why it's so damn hard um, as well is because like, I can't see you, I can't hear you. I just have to like create it to in a way that when you watch it, it works. Um, and since you're uploading to so many people, you can't, uh, please everybody in that sort of sense. And like the same seamless control doesn't work for everybody. So it's really fun, challenging thing to sort through the data and the feedback on like what works and doesn't work. Cause sometimes people are like, I absolutely love this. And then another person that you also respect their feedback on is like, this is a complete piece of shit. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, let's say you did a video, like a video that was like so hot. You're like, everyone loved it. So like, I'll post an Instagram post sometime and be like, holy shit, they loved it. Oh my God, yeah. I'm amazing. And it's like, okay, let me post <laughs> yeah. a lot like that, right? Yeah. And, and they're satiated. And then it doesn't work again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, Unclear. it must have been, there yeah. must have been some other confounding variable. I, I didn't take into consideration. Yeah. Every, everyone else's Instagram was down or something. So like they can only see mine. <laughs> right. or... You had mentioned uh, Pat Fryman. Like I did a video with him yes. where I edited it. I was editing it and uh, um, like occasionally not, not so with his, I got it and it's not to downgrade him, but like sometimes I get goosebumps when I'm like editing things. And part of that's just like me, like in a sense, like self-stimming in my head of like how the music's <laughs> going, like what's going on. Like I can like see what I'm going for. But I remember like editing his and I was like, ooh, this kind of gave me goosebumps. Like this is a good one, I feel like. But then I uploaded, like it had a way farther uh, reach and bigger effect than I ever thought it was going to have. And it was one of those things where like, I didn't expect it to work the way that it did. And I could try to recreate that, but there's so many variables that like, I can't necessarily no. hit it, right? Like there's, uh, and I, and there's so many variables, especially with video, like I'm pretty sure I uploaded at the perfect time. Um, now, since that crunch, like when my upload times are and when they perform best, like I happen to just coincidentally upload. When that is that time? time? When is that time? Would Tuesday you mind sharing with us or is this a secret? Tuesday afternoons are usually my best. It looks like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoons. Um, not that that can't change over time, but, uh, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday and I miss both Tuesday and Wednesday's perfect upload times, which always is a little bit of my, don't worry. We will tell, we will post something every time <laughs> and tell everyone to look at you. Okay. Tuesday right, afternoon, no. I'll be like, wait till you guys check out this podcast. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, the point there was like um, stimulus control is one of those that like I feel like you read about. It's everywhere, and it's something that I like battle with on a daily basis um, to try to understand and master a little bit more. So getting into my putting you on the spot question. Um, so you spoke of Pat Fryman and I know what that kind of interview was on and it's on, you know, what is a failure of yours? And you've done one yeah, with yeah. Gould, you've, I'm sure you've done others. It's like the failure series. Um, mm -hmm. Would you be comfortable? What is something in your life and your career that you have felt is a failure? I love this game. Ooh. Ooh. So this is a solid one. Um, these He's are like, hard. I only did that one. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, there's like personal professional failures etc right there's there's a video i did with steve hayes and i'm going to kind of like cop out and use his answer too where he's like what is the good in these sort of things right so for example um like there's always there's a flip side right like a failure has a good side depending on how you're looking at it um most times and so for me in 2015 through 17 i worked on a business um with a couple other guys one was a behavior analyst one was not a behavior analyst. Um, the other gentleman was uh, spent seven or eight years in gifted and talented education. So kind of the other end of the uh, uh, bell when it comes to uh, the, the distribution of IQs and such. And I was using air quotes a little bit there for people. So like, don't hate on me for that. Uh, so it was a four week online program for self-management skills. And the goal there was to be able to meet online, help these uh, students and understanding um, how they could get what they want out of life, um, how to kind of navigate these social norms and such. Really great idea, really great concept, not the right time for the business. Like I learned a big part of um, not selecting your business partners because it was a great business partners, but like timing matters so much. And so for example, like we started this business, started this um, service, got things going, and uh, dumped a lot of cash into it. That's kind of like, I guess the, the, the failure part um, is like, there was a ton of money that went into this sort of thing. It didn't take off. And um, even though it worked so damn well, like we couldn't be heard. We didn't necessarily know how to be heard. Um, and so I spent a couple of years really working with these couple of the behavior analysts trying to like be heard and like branch behavior analysis in this gifted and talented education realm. Um, we had fantastic results, fantastic stories of success, fantastic data on success of things being achieved, um, but it just didn't work. And so after two years, we shut down. I think there was um, somewhere around $18,000, $18,500 that was like spent on this, um, wow. all of my own cash. And so as for a failure, like professional failure, like the for someone that champions, like behavior analysis can be everywhere. Um, to try to take behavior analysis elsewhere and like shut doors after a couple of years, like that definitely hit my ego pretty hard. Um, and it was something that was like pretty tricky to handle, understand. Um, it was a couple weird months of like the business, rela the relationship with the couple others that were in the business. Like it was just rocky and it wasn't rocky because we disliked each other or anything like that. Like it's okay. It was just one of those things where we're like, it sucked to hang out because like, yeah. we're like, damn it that didn't you work probably had like all this energy to talk about the excitement of the business before that and now it's like wah, wah, wah. yeah like and it's <laughs> so like kind of and it bleeds in other areas so like it kind of generalizes in the sense of um we didn't want to talk about other things we were passionate about together and shared interests <laughs> and interest because it's just like you know like it was just kind of like hard blow that, that that everybody hit so yeah the the failure part was a few different ways like financially like i can always make more money or figure something out um whatever like 
my my claim to fame there is like I did not lose um, somebody else's money. I did not. Um, I like everything was paid off. There's no debt. Like I feel great about that sort of part. Um, the potentials that that business solution has though, like, and that we didn't do that, like that really sucks. Um, and it was one of those things like we shelved the curriculum. If anyone is working with gifted and talented students, we'll send you along stuff. You can check it out. Um, but yeah, that was one that kind of like definitely like hit me pretty hard personally because I went from like championing this thing and trying this thing to just like falling flat on our faces. <laughs> I bet it, it taught you a shit ton in life yeah. on being able to pick yourself back up after something like that. And, and speaking of which, you should sign up for his Patreon. Here I am again. Yes. <laughs> he lost a lot of money doing good for the world. Sign up for his patreon.com slash the daily BA. Yes. Get Horace beat again. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Also, uh, so so yeah, I, I could definitely put that in a more condensed, like emotionally driving piece like I've done with the other people on on uh, the failure sheets and the daily BA. Um, but we so have when a lot Liat more. And I, you, we have a lot more. When Liat and I learn how to do videography, we'll come out and we'll set up this dramatic piece of this. You <laughs> lost all your money. You're homeless on the street. <laughs> you're like, yeah, just no, like and, bumming it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But like that, that was a uh, that was definitely a pretty cool. Um, like there was sacrifices to be able to go out there and do that, like dumping our own money into it. But um, life could be way worse, right? Like it was Absolutely. a failure. Um, you're but, healthy. In you're healthy. Yeah. You're yeah. good. And that gives you the possibility to do anything you want. Like yeah. next question. I'm gonna question. be thinking on this topic more too. That was a good one. It's time was to like, it? reflect oh, on this failure thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, then maybe we're gonna have to do like a question, a podcast next time. Yeah, <laughs> question for Ryan O. Um, I know that our listeners out there are mainly people who are studying for their boards, who are maybe just entering this field, who are um super jazzed our dads yeah our family (laughs) but who also because all of this relates again it's human fucking behavior guys and it's hi dad hi (laughs) i love you ivan um so i want could you just give a quick rundown on how you think behavior analysis is silently saving the world Ooh, nice um there's some cool stuff that's going on that just people aren't aware of so you caught me at a good time on this because I'm like pre-prepping a presentation on this for a conference back east in a couple of weeks, I guess. That's I'm going to be there. Close. Yes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Whew. Hopefully this Hashtag is good. Hashtag kiss ass again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. You, you should see the eye roll Liat just gave. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so. <clears throat> I'll be there. I'm staying in the yeah. hotel room next to you, Ryan and <laughs> Katie. <laughs> so. <clears throat> excuse me. So. Here's a good example. Uh, there was a reading program in the late 90s by a couple of different behavior analysts, Greg Steikleather, uh, Janet Twyman, and Joe Lang, but they were a part of a much larger group and like entire company, not to discredit everybody else there, which is kind of like the the, the hook at this story, um, where they would challenge themselves to be able to uh, create a program that would teach someone to read and teach them how to understand what they were reading without ever hearing or seeing them, which if you just like think on that for a quick second, like, Trying to, teach again. Skill, trying to teach someone how to read and comprehend what they're reading without ever hearing or seeing them. So, like, how hearing would or seeing you do the that? text? No, without ever Just hearing or seeing the student or the client that you're trying to teach. So, if I was like, teach reading comprehension and reading skills. Oh, so you need like a computer to ask them right after. What did you just read? <clears throat> or like, the, the boy ran up the hill. Then yeah. you, the next sentence, you have the computer say, the boy ran the hill. Yeah. 
I'm making and that so, up. Is that right? Uh, that's the idea. So like that was the challenge of like how would you go about this? And computers were the way that they went about going to these uh, going to do these sort of things. Um, and they developed a program. So the program, in like a nutshell, was 500 uh, iterations. Over 16 and a half million dollars was raised to be able to even develop that computer program um, and like put it out there. And it was a team of I think 22 or 23 or so um, people. And uh, don't quote me on the timeline, but I think it was eight or nine years to develop all that sort of stuff. And so when you look at the resources, Casey like, will research. Insane. Don't worry. But. Uh, um, what it was is they used behavior analysis, instructional design, which is um, uh, this kind of offshoot branch of behavior analysis as well. That's not super well known. And they use computers with a bunch of programmers, badass people to be able to teach uh, children how to do that. So an over 90% success rate, they you can turn on these 40 lessons and it will teach that reading and reading comprehension. comprehension. So it's called Headsprout. You can Google Headsprout reading. You oh, I've find heard it. of it. Um, it's taught, yeah, it's taught over 3 million children how to read, um, is the kind of cool claim of fame. And that's behavior analysis, just like working silently in the background. You wouldn't know it from the marketing, from the way it's packaged, those sort of things. It is Can just silently the in there. Yeah, definitely. Oh, anybody, I already did it, guys. I already added it. <laughs> yeah, so if anybody's in there, um, so if anybody's in a, a classroom situation or like working with people, like you can implement this, turn it on. It's very reasonably priced, I would say. Uh, maybe not as much internationally, but in the U.S. definitely um, depends on the exchange rate. It's not like the sixteen point one million you said, right? Yeah, no. Um, but like that, I guess to kind of bring it together, like there's to be able to automate really good processes. Um, it takes a lot of work, and like yeah, that's all that value really. I'm matters. just joking with you. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I guess if you want to branch in these sort of ways, like you brought up the money aspect sort of things, like that's a good example of how funding streams and like these sort of things always matter. Like if you want to develop something as badass as being able to create an automated program that just teaches children how to read, like you've got I mean, to figure huge. out to, the money that's component. huge, like right? in other countries and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like that that number um, of three million is awesome. It could be more. And there's a, um, there there is still marketing going around. It's on azlearning.com. I think is where it's still housed. But yeah, that's a really cool example. One other uh, is the Ebola crisis um of four or five years ago um not only was there some stuff going on on site in sierra leone um with helping like uh work with the locals to make sure that it wasn't spreading as fast as possible uh, but there was some work done in the u.s as well so uh, a behavior analyst joe lang just happened to be cool with that head sprout program also worked on um this this checklist with a few other behavior analysts that the World Health Organization adopted um, on how to basically handle the situation of somebody, patient zero lands in the country, how do you quarantine and handle this sort of situation, making sure that everybody's safe. So um, what it was is patient zero, I think with a bull in the US landed in Atlanta and none of the medical oh, professionals yeah. were, like the medical professionals were freaked out to work with this person um, because of the infectious sort of rate and the implications of it. Um, and not to throw those people under the bus, like it's it's one of those things where it's like how, like that that's a scary thing to sort of work with, right? Um, right. Especially when there's all this hype and media and going around and like we didn't necessarily know what was going on uh, and whatnot. So yeah, they developed a checklist that is uh, literally flawless that was adopted by, adopted by the World Health Organization. Wait, who um, made is, this? A BCBA? Yeah, uh, they, I don't know if they hold their BCBAs, but they're behavior analysts and they were around okay. before the board. Yeah, so yeah. they might as well oh. have it, right? 
Um, and so they, Jill they Lane, own that. The checklist yeah. manifesto. The checklist that manifesto book. is something that they champion these people, right? It's a. It's Isn't one that of those the book? That's the one book I read a long time ago. Is that an yeah. Aubrey Daniels maybe? And uh, it's like, I don't. It's like yeah. how they made all these changes in the medical field because, like, just by writing a simple list, like, did you wash your hands before? Did you clean your left cuticle? Did you put your glove on? <laughs> yep. And yeah, so yeah, that's a great resource to go check out. Um, the behavior analyst, I cannot recall. I believe Julie Smith is the behavior analyst, and like it was her organization, but I have no clue who the team was that really worked on that. I'm sure there was multiple hands involved. And I know at the time, Jill Lang was the one that was like pointing me out um on the process so yeah like a task analysis literally can go as far as like being um perfect in this sense of not being able they're not allowing a, a disease to be contracted like um propagated forward so there's there's some cool applications out there that you just don't know of um so how does one them, get involved how does so a lot of we get a million messages a day of people like i hate my job in a clinic every day i go in wanting to die blah 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 <laughs> i'm working 97 hours a day and there's only 24 in a day blah 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 yeah. i want to do something else like how can one get i mean for me with study notes i'm like i'm starting my own thing right but how can someone get involved because Really, if you understand the actual science of applied behavior analysis, and obviously you do, it could be used everywhere, as you're saying. Yeah. How does one get themselves involved in doing it elsewhere, whether it's you've done some OBM, haven't you? Yeah, um, I've been trying to really sort this out. And I don't think there's I, I would go toe to toe with any academics or anybody in the field on like, is there a true path and like data objective sort of way to go about this sort of thing? And like, I don't think that's out there. But uh, there's Same. a few things that seem to be really, there seem to be some things that people generally talk about, not just what I think, but like others also talk about, which is like, if uh, you've got to get really, really damn good at something else, like whatever that other thing is. So like, if you go into this behavior analysis, for me, video was one of those things. Business has been kind of another, I'm not fantastic at business, but I can like work components of a business and I know where my skill sets fall off and like where to ask for help and whatnot. Um, so those are kind of like, I guess the three areas for me that I've been learning more and more in by the point there is like, I think you have to get really damn good at something else. Like you're not going to be solely desirable just because your passion um, in somewhere else. You have to also be, you know, marketable and have skill sets in those sort of areas. And so for me, um, video skills is one of those you can see developing over time. Um, there's, if you want to branch into somewhere else, you don't want to create the job yourself. Like you need to find somebody that has the ability to do that. If that makes sense. Like there's, there needs to be a market at the end of the day for the thing, whether you're creating um, uh, study notes, ABA, right? Like the fact that there's BCBAs um, or people studying for the BCBA exam and such. Like, like there's you're a solving a problem. Yeah. You're solving a problem. There's a potential market of people that you could, you could help and you could create a solution for. Right. Um, so that needs to be there. You can either create it yourself, create something like a study notes, ABA.com and like go for it. Or if you're looking for something that's outside the norm, you have to find somebody who's created that thing. Well, you know, you Maggie, who you love, I know yeah, yeah. Maggie, like when we were interviewing her and I do like a lot of work with her, she had said, oh yeah, one of my places I work is a trapeze school. I'm like, how the <laughs> hell did you get in at a trapeze school? She's like, mm -hmm. After I got diagnosed with something and I got better, I said, I'm going to do something on my YOLO list. I decided to take trapeze, whatever. Nice. And so she started this whole clicker training for them. Cool. And so it kind of does take you getting involved in something as a, and 
Because I kind of think you kind of have to fully understand what the business is, what's going on. So like if you work in a clinic, you could be like, you guys are running this place so shitty. We have techs here every day who have no clients to go to. We have clients who don't have techs. Like, what can I do here? And I kind of think you have to prove yourself in that way a little bit also. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so I guess that would kind of lead into my third thing, which is, uh, I don't know, for me, like, it's never going to, it's not going to go fast. Like, so if you if you develop that skill set, you have an idea on like how to approach the market, or you find somebody that's working in that sort of sphere already. Um, there's this entrepreneur I follow a lot that uh, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he talks about how you have to like eat shit daily. And the idea there is like, it's not going to be perfect rainbows and awesome immediately, like you're going to have to put in the time where whatever that is however that's going to be for you like it's going to look differently depending like what industry you're getting into whatnot um for me with video for example that was um editing video i used to edit from uh 4 a.m to 8 a.m and then i went to my day job and then i edited from 5 p.m until 8 p.m and like i just did that seven days a week for like the first four months of starting the channel there was no way around it like that's what i had to do um and so there's things like that where it's like if you really want to go for it, like you're going to have to design a system in which you can throw as much time as you possibly can. And it's usually without those sort of monetary rewards and such. Um, yeah, totally. So, so Ryan, what yeah. year did you start um, the YouTube channel for the Daily BA? January 4th, 2018. Okay. Bam. So it's been going on for, wait, so. Mm, 17 months now. Okay. When did, when did you start dating your girlfriend? Nine. 19, 21 months, 20 months. Holy shit, 21 months. When did you start dating your girlfriend? Uh, month four on like that process. Uh, four I, to six. I don't know. It's I wanted to see there. if you knew the exact date as well as you know your launch date of YouTube. That was a oh, test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, <laughs> but in my defense, uh, we did not have, it was one of those things where it just kind of like happened and we're like, this is a thing now, huh? And it, like, it was a disagreement as to like what the date should be because we couldn't even figure out like when there was a solid point, which like it was made official. Also, like um, when you get a little older, it's not like, will you be my girlfriend? Right? Yeah, right. That, that was kind of what happened. So um, yeah, I'm not like that horrible. I remember her birthday and other important days as well. <laughs> Let's put it out there. Good that, boyfriend. That there you are. Um, you know, so I, I have just another question for drama. you. Clearly, Leah is yeah, a drama throw it out. starter. Um, so, okay, I've got so many, and I know that we're already getting into like an hour of the podcast, but I can keep do. going. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what do you think is the hardest thing about trying to communicate our science? Why can't we <laughs> get out and, and tell people what, what we do? And why are some of us such assholes? And just can right? you go into that a little bit? For or why yeah. are we known as assholes? Yeah. Right? I know um, the answer, but please answer. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, it seems like it's pretty ingrained at us that like the vision of a behavior analyst is one's very objective database and these sort of things. Obviously, we get a very strong technical skill set of like being able to talk with certain words and certain technical terms. And I think that just gets carried over. So um, people are like, and it's modeled too. Like this is how you talk about behavior, right? You talk about in these sort of ways, very objective, very cut and clean. Um, so the... Uh, like there's a story from like you were asking for uh some of the behind the scenes of videos and things like that that i do right yeah. so there's this um there's there's always this like warm-up period of getting people kind of comfortable with the cameras when you're talking about them three or four cameras lights in a room like it's very weird it suppresses behavior it's so awkward um, i had someone do mine behavior. i was so awkward it's yeah terrible. it's like part of my role is i see it is is like getting people comfortable getting ready and uh 
and I was telling about how like the process, you have full edit control at the end of the day. You can control what, what happens when, down to the second, the frame, the color, the lighting, text, all that, audio layers, bam. And for her, it was uh, um, a very uh, uncomfortable thing because we're supposed to just say it how it is, let the data speak for itself, let it be how it is, right? Um, and it was a very interesting, kind of challenging thing that, uh, at the beginning point, but it was like, um, that's, I guess that it kind of highlighted and was one of those pivotal things for me on, um, there's, there's different approaches that are going to work with different people. And when it comes down to whether we're creating a video or just having a conversation in a bar, like we need to think about like what stacks the deck in a way in which, uh, it achieves our ultimate goal. So we're a pragmatic science. Why aren't we bringing pragmatism into this dissemination and this sort of video aspect in my, in my regard, right? And that's what we talked about. And it was just like, if we can control things that'll get people to pay attention to the field for what it really is and what we want to put out there, and it matches up with what our journals say, with like the outcomes we can achieve, and we're not overselling or overpromising something we can't deliver on, then why not stack the deck in our favor, right? Like that's actually, and so I, what I did is I worked on a conversation where I just drew some analogies there where like, this is exactly what we do in our day to day. Like we're always trying to take the things that we know work best and implement them with the clients and like evaluate progress. And like, this is just me evaluating progress over those sort of things. Um, so yeah, the the keys have actually been thinking about your target audience. If someone wants something really specific and objective and measurable that they can like work towards, who's your audience? Um, what language are you gonna use with them? If you're using the technical jargon, behavioral sort of stuff, it's probably not gonna work. Not that it doesn't work with some sort of like really specific nerdy people in some sort of aspects. Um, However, you're gonna have to use language, right? That is usually plain English or relates to their sort of audience. Um, and you have to look at that sort of way. The, I don't know, is this answering that? Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think that what a lot of the thing is, is, and I've been in experiences where I've had some BCBAs come in um, and just use all the terms. I'm using differential reinforcement of an incompatible behavior. I'm using, yeah. you know, uh, partial interval recording, blah, 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 it's blah, blah, just blah. like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and That's it's my like, yeah. for today's episode. Yeah. And it's very, <laughs> very frustrating for staff, for like your lower, you know, not yeah. lower level staff, but you know, your, um, just your behavior techs who may not have gone through that training, who have to use yeah. that terminology. There's a better yeah. way to disseminate and, and teach when you stuff. talk to a speech therapist who you're trying to collaborate with, or you're talking to the special ed teacher that you're trying to collab with, and you come in like that, and you're an automatic asshole. Like you need to yeah. pair with the staff just as much. Like you need to say, "You're doing amazing with these kids. I want to see how I could help you. How can I best support you? Yeah. Amazing. What would work best in your class?" I see so many people go in and then like walk with their noses up in the air. Yeah. As a, and, as a, and my thing is like, like even you. even if you are that good, if it's having those effects at the end of the day and it's coming off that sort of way, you're failing at yeah. the at the sort of approach of disseminating the field in a good light, helping people, like making a good representative uh, representative um, of the field and who we are. Right. Like it just. Yeah, it's it's tough. And um, I don't know, like I think there's a time and place for that, obviously, right? Like we're going to talk yeah. about these sort of nerdy things when it comes to coursework and preparation and those sort of things. There's technical speak that needs to happen. Um, sometimes Speaking I get for too ABAI. hard. ABAI. Yeah, sometimes there's, yeah, there's, uh, that's a great example. Like our professional conferences, it's great to be in that sort of like specific nerd herd sort of language, technical <laughs> jargon and like going for it because that is like the bread and butter of our science. Um, but that's not what gets people interested. And um, I'm going to throw out a book recommendation if anyone's interested in this. It's um, 
my god i didn't even have to ask yeah it's by randy olson it's called houston we have a narrative i believe why science needs story is like the subtitle there and uh there's a behavior analyst that actually put me onto this um so the kind of like tldr uh of this all without spoiler alerts and such is uh a, what's tldr a, too long didn't read I had to Google that the other day because it's been like your new hot trend. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm only 32. I should know what TLDR is. I it's about a... I rely on you reading them, Ryan. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's about a scientist outside the field um, that realizes that uh, there's different communication strategies that work for different people. Different mediums work for different people. So podcast versus audio versus written, whether it's in a blog form versus um, a technical article, a journal article, right? They're gonna have different effects based on where you put those sort of things out. And so uh, he watches the effects that the original Jurassic Park had on attendance of museums and the number of people going to archeology span programs. And he was like, ooh, it seems cool. like that's the effect I wanna have. Why don't I just go make films in Hollywood if that's the effect I wanna have, right? Like that seems to be working rather than um, writing about in journal articles. Not that that's not valued, right? So I'm not trying to throw right. the academics under the bus. It's just, what are you Love trying you, to- Java. Yeah, what are you trying to do? And like, who are you trying to communicate that towards? Um, and there's there's different mediums to think about and there's different- Reference assessments. Four different ones. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, and so, yeah, the, the idea of this whole venture I'm on is like, could you use storytelling and these sort of different strategies of not using as much jargon and such um as an independent variable to affect adoption rates of our um, strategies tools technology etc so like it does fit my point here is if anyone's super skeptical like it fits within a single subject analysis like a video could fit within a single subject analysis of like me not storytelling versus storytelling me not storytelling versus storytelling i just threw in an ababb design right to be able to understand like the effect of these sort of things so, like it's not beyond the realms of our science to be able to use these sort of things it makes people a little bit uncomfortable but like the uh that that randy olson um does a good job of like i think convincing why from other fields perspectives why we should be kind of approaching these things in different ways it's up to us to be able to like bring some of the methods we're comfortable with and mesh it with that I love that. So you, there's a video that I watched of you. Um, one of, of you 10, shouting. <laughs> one of you showering. What? No. Casey, it's no. getting weird. Shouting from <laughs> a rooftop. That shouldn't be public. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were, you were, it was a video. You were on the rooftop, right? Remember this? Oh yeah. yeah. That was I love that house, one. Yeah. Okay. That was at your house. I'm like, how do you even do this? But it's like, yelling ABA at the top of your lungs on top of a rooftop to disseminate the science if no one's listening, like, right? right? So can you give me like a little background of like how we can change that or what your your, your point was in that video? Yeah, so uh, a, a few of us that have been on the channel in different capacities or worked with in different capacities, Shane Spiker is one, um, Holler as well as- uh, Shane's great too, I love his tats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a behavior me, we, 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 we kind of made a pact that we'd try to start submitting to a few different places to talk about behavior analysis using these strategies of not being super technical and trying to kind of see what happens there. So South by Southwest, big thing that goes on, I believe in Austin, Texas. Yes. I yeah. voted for you, by the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we <laughs> wanted to thank you for that. Um, what we want to do is, uh, try to submit to be able to do a panel there and you have to have some sort of component. Uh, there's a component of the approval process which requires like is there a public uh interest in these sort of things so i made a video trying to get behavior analysts to help vote to get us into there 
um, for that. And what it was is uh, dissemination, I think, is something that is like, it feels good to talk about, you know, like whether or not you're talking about it with somebody at the bar versus your family member versus you're talking with your, your supervisees or RBT or, not, uh, or colleagues, like you feel like you might be disseminating, but like it's kind of messy at the end of the day. And the point of that video was uh, I literally feel like I was taught by some people and I have tried in the past um, as well to just like tell everyone I could just shout from the rooftops, like behavior analysis is the coolest thing ever. Um, and it's, it's one of those And then strategies. your family starts to hate you. No, That's straight up. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up. <laughs> I was literally thinking about my sister's um, like, okay, Linky, shut the fuck up. We get it. Yeah. You're a behavior analyst and you would have my kids raised perfectly. I'm like, I never said that. I just would make them clean up the pasta they throw on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember a family trip where like there was some serious tension for a couple of days because I like pushed it too far and it was just me being stupid and not realizing like what to do okay. when it came to like speaking about these sort of things. So yeah, that was the point of the video is you can yell to the rooftops and I purposely made sure that like you don't see anybody in the, the video because it's like I'm just you're just yelling to the abyss and just like hey behavior analysis is cool and it's like like me on a Thursday when everyone's working you're just like screaming at the <laughs> desert behind my house you know like, you're like yeah, you're <laughs> <Come on>. yeah. <laughs> um and so uh yeah it's it's to kind of think about like what is your strategy what effect is it having like what are the data on those sort of things um and and yeah I've, I've approached it totally differently on um dissemination i think is people to, to define it more specifically it's like people adopt the tools practices technologies whatever like with integrity if they're not doing that that is not working so if you've got people ranting on and, and talking about terms and using the terms correctly or whatever if it's not working if they're not implemented correctly it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day like right what's going on so like your 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 success should be defined off the effects that it's having which is a functional approach to dissemination just like we take it with FCT, you know, communication training, whatever. Um, it's just fitting it into that sort of format. So I totally also, agree with that. And I also yeah. tell people that for the test as well. You know, a lot of people are like this test, like I know I'm an amazing clinician, blah, 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 but I can't pass this test. I'm like, first of all, this test does not define you. This yeah. test, you need to do this test. But like, that doesn't mean that you're like, if you're a clinician and you're making like socially significant changes for these kids, that is awesome, right? This test is not like, the be all end all of your life. You will pass mm -hmm. it at some point, but yeah. people need to realize that also. And my last question I have for you today is because we've gone way over the questions. Um, I still have, I still have like 15 left. I've got okay, time. Fine. You can keep shooting. Which one do you want? <laughs> no, um, I was going to, I think that you should, we should get into the, the kind of like social media aspect of this conversation. Oh yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Go ahead, Liat. Social media. I could relate a little bit on this front because like my yeah. social media kind of just like blew up and um, I want to talk to you about a few things, you know, <laughs> All right. take this as, as free consulting while you're free on here, gold, take advantage, whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of like that. I'm Jewish. I take advantage of what I could get for free, whatever. So um, I've got a Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, brother-in-law. I totally get it. <laughs> You get it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, like, me a lot. Casey, I, I, like I found a good printer at a good price from one of these Jewish websites I follow. <laughs> I mean, bucks. it was regular 249. It's laser jet. I printed out my first outline. I usually just, I <laughs> nice. usually talk on I, I and like go back and forth like, on my computer. Things. Yeah. It's yeah. all about being Jewish. Um, so anyways, but social like, media, love, hate relationship. <laughs> what do you love about it? Uh, like it is literally, I guess a couple things. 
I've connected with people that I've never imagined I could connect with. Like there's things I've accomplished uh, career-wise and like personally because of social media, because of the times, right? So like my, like when Same. I was in, yeah. yeah, when I was in, like I've traveled internationally because of social media. Like that is the primary reason that I've been able to travel internationally is because of social media. Like those are the fantastic things. The fact that you can like upload a video and it's just kind of like there and it like spreads amongst the world. And, like that's a world that we live in right now. Like that's fucking amazing, right? Like the internet cannot be the cool, like there's, I don't think there's, I say this all the time. I don't think it's there's amazing. anything cool in the we internet. We can argue right? on like, it. Like how uh, would anyone find yeah. this? Yeah, it's insane. Like the people I work most closely with and like share the most passion with, like it is always through the internet. So like that part of it is amazing. Like Leon uh, and I have never met and we created, we teach classes. We have a podcast. Yeah. We are in love with example. each other. All my best friends are virtual. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. wonders why I'm on my phone all the time. I'm like matching lot. You're not telling me how great I teach or how good I look. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, hundred percent. Now the flip side of that is uh, you have all the bad things, the internet, right? Like the comment, the hate section, the hate comments, the, the, the trolls, the, uh, the fact that it could be leveraged for the total opposite thing of like social good. So like um, I'll throw out anything on the anti-vax movement, things like that. Like the fact that you can leverage it in ways, um, the way these algorithms are designed, the way that people click in kind of state of these sort of things, like that's a lot of the negative side. So like, um, yeah, it's, it's like a love hate, like daily, sometimes hourly, <laughs> like I could, yeah, like, hours sometimes you're feeling hot as hell. You're like, I'm killing it. Yeah. Right. Reinforcement, yeah. reinforcement, reinforcement, like, yeah. like, 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 double tap, yeah. double tap. I like it. You're Even the best teacher in the world. Can you see you're meant to do this? It's meant to do with your life. And then the next one, she did not explain that concept. Right. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's taken a while to like build, it, it took a little bit initially and like, Granted, like I have a small channel, YouTube's not that crazy in the comments. Like it could be way worse, but like um, there was some things where there's some period of time wait. where it's like I had to build, uh, had to build some tough skin um, when it came to feedback, and that's kind of two forms. Like you're gonna get the bullshit stuff that kind of comes through, and you got to be able to like put yourself in a uh, a frame of mind where you're kind of like, you know what I mean? Like that's not important to me. It's just like straight up spam shit that's being thrown on my channel or yeah, my comment I, section, like whatever. I get that on my Instagram lives. I won't be like boobs, 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 tits, ass, ass, <laughs> Okay, ass. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I try Instagram live them because like they're trying to and I'm like, this should be fun. Let's see what we could do behaviorally with someone in another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, and like, so yeah, there's things where it's just like you can like on YouTube or Facebook, I can mute those channels if I want to. I can ignore those sort of people like whatever, like uh, they're the ones that I feel most sorry for in that sort of circumstance. And like, I'm not losing sleep over it. Um, but there's things sometimes where it's like, oh, uh, this is not quoting something specifically, but like, I'll get these comments every once in a while where they seem like people are like, uh, this wasn't your best video and I know you can do better, right? Like things like that, where it's like, when the data will come Yeah, and you're just like, Thanks, yeah. Fuck like, you. You're like, you yeah, realize I spent 17 hours in blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> well, or yeah, some people who look for that one spelling mistake, they're like, you like quoted something and then you forgot the second quote on the other side. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, yeah. they're like, I'm sorry, I'm going to report this to the BACB. You didn't quote this thing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? You could see I have every single person's name and I forgot a comma. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's really sad that he doesn't use APA format when he does these sort of things, like shit like that, where you're just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would separate those. Like those do hurt. Let's get into those in a second. Uh, yeah. What I was trying to articulate there is like the ones that are good honest pieces of feedback that aren't articulated in the best way possible. Um, 
that do still ring true where you're like, damn, you're right. Right. Yeah. Like where I get that sort of feedback where like, yeah, I could have done better. You could articulate your feedback a whole lot fucking better. Like that would have been useful. <laughs> right. However, um, uh, I guess touche. Right. But the, you gotta take that constructive criticism, if, especially if we're putting ourselves out there to kind of like be criticized of what we're trying to do, then I appreciate, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Healthy and feedback. so, yeah. And then the, the unhealthy stuff that's coming from the field, I think you highlighted pretty well there. If you had like a missed APA citation or something like that, <laughs> um, times are, I think, I, I don't want to throw this people on the bus, but like, um, that's a good example where like, I'll get critiqued sometimes for not putting my thank citations you, in like a super clean way. And it's like, I put them in a, uh, a way that works, I think for social media, like you're not going to have somebody stumble across us across this. That's an academic most likely that's like looking for your APA citation reference. And by throwing just a couple links there, I'm actually increasing the chance that somebody's going to select something based on the data that social media tells us. Then if I had put in like 48,000 links of everything that's ever been talked about on this topic ever, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think some people need to get a life. I'm sorry. Don't no, sure yeah. like, I'm like, get a fucking life. Like you're still coming to my classes I'm offering yet. You're like correcting if I like like had a spelling error or something. It would be like one yeah. time I posted a picture. It said like the four functions of behavior. And like, it was like in perfect handwriting. You could see it was like a clear mistake. It was like, like sensory automatic, but like it didn't have a C on the end. Like it was clearly, I got distracted. My ADD kicked in on the word yeah, automatic, yeah. like escape and attention, whatever it was. And it was like, yeah, no one, like, it was like suddenly all these posts, you spelled automatic wrong. I'm like, Okay, couldn't you just like okay? First of all, I'll fix it. Thank you, letting me know. And they're like, it would be nice, but you spelled it wrong. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, kind of like a bro. backhanded compliment. And I'm like, no, I want to make sure you guys are reading to make yeah. sure that you know that it's not automatic. It's automatic. Yeah, yeah. I've had a yeah. No, I feel you. I've had a few people that are like um, critiquing on videos, and it's just like, when you start your channel, let me know. Like, I'm glad to like subscribe <laughs> yes. and pay attention. Um, there's no fucking autocorrect in Adobe no. programs that I work in, like. Um, there's, yeah, like it's, I, and people it's that take that time like, to do that is it's, it's just, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like to a degree, it's like, I also kind of respect you, like engagement's engagement in these platforms and you're probably just helping my video get more reach. So if you want to throw shade of that sort of like, yes. cool, whatever, um, it's like, thank you for now making your entire network aware of my video. Um, because your, your jackassery will probably, um, help me find a bunch of people that do appreciate the content out there. Right. So I guess if you're like, you're making stuff, don't get down out there. <laughs> Turn it into a positive um, baby. But at the same time, I think before people do this, they need to look at how it could affect someone's livelihood. You know, like that's oh, yeah. when you throw like, shade. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, do you ever see people doing stuff like that? That it's like, it actually could affect, you know, one's Your livelihood. livelihood. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so when we talk about topics like this, I'm going to speak in generalities, but just for the sake of like not getting into legal shit and issues, and I'll get on that more in a minute because that's another downside of this field. So like, bear with me, listeners, as like I speak in generalities here. I'm sorry. I've had people leverage videos um, for their own agendas outside of the original intent of it, and that's things where um, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, I don't think you're necessarily looking at like the long-term different perspectives or potential ripple effects that this may have. And I, on one hand, like 
me putting things on the internet opens up 100% to people using things incorrectly. That's cool. I get it. That's what I signed up for. However, like from behavior analysts and like people that are in this sort of role and like using it to leverage against like their own, as their own agenda. It's just like, um, I think you have the, the perspective taking abilities and like the skill set to be able to pause and think about these sort of things. Even if you didn't, like I expect that out of somebody and like I expect these sort of things. Um, and so, yeah, like really recently I had a hiccup where it was like, I spent a good two straight days of my time just handling the repercussions of somebody leveraging something in a way that wasn't intended. It wasn't stated it was supposed to be used that way in the video. Um, but the way that it was framed and used, like it had these sort of negative effects. And basically it was just a bunch of academics pissed off at each other um, because the way that it was used. And um, and it, like I said, it's like my fault that's out there, but it's just like, um, yeah, like taking that extra little few seconds to think about, um, you know, how this might have a ripple effect down the road um, it's really important. And I try to do that myself. I'm not perfect at it. So I, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm thinking we sh as a culture should be able to hold each other accountable to doing that sort of shit. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about now, just because based off what I've seen on yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like going on on your page, but yeah, I mean, you did, you did everything right. You did what you had to do. So, and I think also ethically, wow. a huge thing to remember is that you really should take something up with the individual first you know, as they like, usually something can be solved. If you like, you know, if someone had an issue with something you posted, like take it up to you first, or if someone had an issue, come to me first. You know, I think yeah. that that's like a really easy, simple intervention to take care of the solution as opposed to it going elsewhere, because it really does affect multiple people. Otherwise, it's also, it's also stated in our ethical code that you'll do that first, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's Go what I'm saying. I've had, I've had a few people that have critiqued a podcast episode that we did on um, uh, uh, privilege in our culture. And it was a couple of males talking about it, including myself. And we knew what we were getting into when we do those sort of things. Um, but we've had people that like send others to come talk to us. And I will listen to whoever comes to talk to us. I get that there may be reasons that you want to do those sort of things. We've created anonymous ways to be able to provide this feedback. You Maybe you just don't want to type in your fucking keyboard all the time that it takes to be able to do that. That's cool. But it's like, damn it, like I don't, I, it's hard to, uh, regardless of that case or any other scenario, like it's hard to take these sort of things seriously and like want to put more time into um, people if you, if it's not coming from that sort of personal direct feedback sort of approach, right? On saying right. like, this is, this is my, like, I, I don't know, like I lose some respect for people in those sort of situations um, if I know for certain that it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, being offshore to somebody else, right? And like, it's not coming directly from the person that has beef and issue. I just think it's a good lesson for everyone. Like the same way, like if you have, if you're, if you have a child and your child goes to school and then on the first day of school, you bitch out your child's teacher, that teacher <laughs> is still going to be with your child for the rest of the year. So I yeah. just think people like, we still have time to learn. I just think people should think about these things uh, yeah. in general. And it's just something that happens with social media because things could, become really hot really fast and really not really fast. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to like touch on one other thing that's kind of related to this, especially the downfall side of it. But for anybody that's dabbling in these sort of areas, um, unfortunately, like behavior analysts aren't immune to like be their behavior being influenced by anything else out there. Like just because we have this like uh, lens to look at the world and have the superpower in a sense to understand behavior doesn't mean that 
uh, behavior doesn't still get influenced in like weird, corrupt, uh, negative sort of ways. And so before, when we were prepping about this, we were talking a little bit, I, I shared with you all that there's been three different times that I've actually been threatened with like legal action because of something I've said or done or uploaded on the channel or related to social media. And none of these have been substantiated um, at all, but like getting a cease and desist for like, in by when you have to like go sign off and say like, I received this letter and like read these sort of legal letters, like they're scary, they're stressful, yeah. they're annoying. Um, and they freak you out and they cost money. Like that's a good example where it's like, okay, now I gotta talk to a lawyer. This lawyer's gonna cost $450 uh, an hour. I'm gonna have to spend the time communicating why I'm even in this situation before the letter makes sense. Like, and so like it has these repercussions that are just like insane. And so um, totally. the reason that I've ran into those uh, as a few different reasons, it's either um, being way too frank about my position on what I think is ethical and moral and then I get those sort of things sent in. Um, not that I'm not backed up and those things are substantiated. Um, or it's from people that I think are in positions where um, they are used to controlling a situation and they can't control the situation because of the medium you're on, like the, the fact that you're on the internet about it, talking about it. And so then things come in that sort of way. So um, that's scary yeah. shit, dude. Yeah. And it's uh, and you're still here, though. You're still standing. You're still creating content and producing yeah. videos. Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'd lie. It's a pain like in a, the ass. It, take, it takes away yeah. time from you creating that stuff. I've had a, yeah, a, and a legal thing also. And it's like, seriously, and I just got a bill today for $1,800. I'm like, I spoke to you for three minutes. What the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, lawyers are fucking expensive. And like those sort of situations like drain um, and take away. I'm like, away I didn't want to talk that everything. long. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my, the, the reason I want to bring this up is like, um, not to say that it happens and, if I, I'm figuring out a way to, so I'm not, I, I could share some of these sort of things and get away with it, but I'd have more bills and shit to deal with. So like, I haven't done it yet. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal to like tell everyone who it is right now, but like, it's, uh, it's usually from people that have uh, a public persona or a persona in the field that is them being ethical and perfect and all buttoned up. Is where these sort of things come from. So I, think Sarah I don't know. Told like me that also, Sarah said yeah. sometimes it's like with the different like even like age groups in the field. Maybe like yeah. the people like the the behavior analysts who have been around longer who are not necessarily like moving with the new wave of like millennials being the new BCBAs. And I think is that possibly what she was talking about? Yeah, you yeah. I, I don't. I didn't listen to a specific episode, but like I would be. No, this wasn't from the episode. This is just me oh, okay. and her talking yeah, yeah. and trying to be best friends. Yeah. So yeah, that is a hundred percent. Like part of what's going on is, um, you have these folks that, uh, the way to go about doing something was like going through established boards in certain realms, but like the fact that social media is now here, like and introduce things go differently. Um, and so, I mean, like, uh, so a good example, and that's like to my own horn, but like having, uh, a group of Patreon people that support that's over 200 strong is more than a lot of the ABI affiliate chapters have membership when it comes to the state chapters. Um, and I don't know those exact numbers, but I know like a lot of them that is. And like that paired with social media following of like 13 and a half thousand or so for people, like you can megaphone a message pretty quickly, especially if you wanted Absolutely, to pay to advertise yeah. and put things out there. And so it's one of those things where um, the, the tables have kind of been democratized a little bit, changed a little bit. And I think they just folks need to get with the program like for sure. And like they won't listen. So 
They're still um, on Twitter, you know. They do tweet when <laughs> results are coming out five minutes before. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so anyhow, just don't take anybody's like public persona, mine included, as like 100% of who they are, what they are, what they're about. Um, not that I don't try to be honest and those sort of things, but like, well, that's true. We're all full of bullshit though. Well, yeah. And like, like the stuff I make, like, uh, a good example of that is like, I do get to travel and do cool shit, but like what you don't see is I sit here at my desk for 10 hours a day, five days a week editing and like doing all the planning and those sort of things. And that eight minutes that uploaded was an amazing eight minutes. It was pulled across three days sometimes or whatnot, but that is not reality. <laughs> like reality. Right. How is do you get all these that. people that you interview? What's your, uh, you just reach so out and ask them. That'd be, that'd be a good way to kind of segue. That'd be a good segue here, actually. So, um, knowing to pivot in that knowing, just taking a grain of salt of like who people put themselves out there and whatnot, like just watch behavior over time. So like I was taught to go to events and like get to know people and meet people over time network. Um, some of the people that have been on the channel, like I built rapport and relationships with them at multiple events across almost a decade of time before I, I felt like it was, uh, an opportunity to ask them for some sort of favor, which is how I look at anybody coming on the channel. It's like, I'm asking for a favor for you to jump on, trust me to record stuff, put it in a way that shines a good light and like put it out there. And hopefully there's no repercussions that come from it. Right. Um, and Do you so find what people are interested in also at the time, like you just did yeah. something with act. Right. And so. Yeah, so it's that's uh, hot right now. Yeah, like uh, so. For example, um, Steve Hayes is a good one. I actually got something coming out on that. Uh, like my next video uh, will be on that, and with him, there is a perfect example of like how I get these people on the channel um, and how it progresses. So he first jumped on the channel the fall of somewhere on the fall or spring of 2018. But the first time I met him, like shook his hand was 2013 and I'd read stuff three or four years before that. So you feel like when you watch people on or listen to them on a podcast or you read their stuff, like you feel like you get to know them and like who yeah, they are totally. in their views, right? But like you have to do the flip on that sort of side. So like Steve doesn't know me, but I could be like the biggest fan of Steve and he's just like, okay, cool, that's awesome. Like, like you didn't know Casey that... in case Yeah, I exactly. Love yeah. I love you too though, don't worry. <laughs> um, and so, uh, with Steve, I actually uh, wrote in a couple really pointed long emails. Um, I did some work on helping spread the boot camps in Orlando, Florida for free, just because they needed someone on the boots on ground that would take things and flyers out, try to get sponsors, things like that. Um, so I dedicated the time there. Um, and I did these things over years, not necessarily knowing that I was going to start. I definitely didn't know at the time I was going to start a YouTube channel. I'd be asking to get on it. But it's just like, I want to learn about these sort of things. This guy's really cool. If I could build rapport, who knows what'll happen. Um, fast forward at like his TEDx event. Um, and when I moved back into Reno, I was able to kind of whet his appetite and remember him like, hey, I remind him like, hey, I was a guy that did these things. I did these sort of things. And it builds you a little bit of credibility, right? And whatnot. So I was able to sit down on a class because of doing all that free work for him and getting to know him a little bit better that he was teaching on all of his like big works at UNR um, in which, uh, uh UNR like I was not a student of UNR I was not supposed to be seeing that thing um whatsoever but like and he didn't <laughs> know <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations are if he gets in trouble <laughs> first year but um he did not also know that uh I was not a student at the time he thought I was in his defense um but I got to sit through a sort of course and so it was like years of these little things they started to compound over time to where when it was time for a YouTube channel I was just like hey man um love to have you on I'm the person that did these things in the past 
which is showing a kind of clean track record of dedication, yeah. not being a jackass. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, putting so you're saying it's not dedication. just the eight minute video or the two to three days edits or the this and that. It's years yeah. and years of dedication. Of play. Yeah. 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 Years of foreplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, sorry, gotta yeah. keep things light here. You I'll know? also put Steve Hayes' book, Liberated Mind, into the show notes because it's amazing. Cool. Um, I yeah. got that and I read it and I loved it. And guys, if you want any book explained to you, it's like Blinkist, but of ABA. Follow the Daily BA. He will, <laughs> how long are your videos? Like, I don't have the exact time on me, Casey. Uh, probably gonna tell me the exact same. I mean, they can be between three to yeah, like yeah. they're minutes. like, yeah, like it's kind of. Personally, I use minutes. it. I use it to be like, okay, based on his review on this, am I interested in reading this book? It's literally like a free Blinkist, which is like the app to maybe that's your next invention, by the way. Yeah. Don't yeah. get on the ideas. Okay. Alan, delete. <laughs> Alan, delete. No, that. No, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> um, um, no, but anyways, but anyone looking like thinking about what books you should read in the field next he goes through them for you. So like, if it's not worth reading the 9,000 page book, <laughs> he'll let you know. So definitely yeah. go follow the Daily BA on all social media platforms. Support him. What he is doing, he's left his job to do this full time for all of us. That's huge. We're so thankful that we were able to have you on today. I have one last question. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think it's important. Are you going to hang out with us? Are you going to hang out with us at Texaba? Yeah, for sure. Before hundred percent. Um, before I, before we pivot to that, if I can tie this all in here, like those hate comments and stuff we talked about, if you get those sort of things, um, the way this all kind of ties back together, like, uh, if I could encourage people, if I were to throw shade on the internet or come back at people too hard in the comment sections or, um, whatnot, like learning how to professionally deal with those sort of things, kind of try to be the bigger person in those situations. Um, is super important because on the long kind of like tail end, like you're talking about these long developments with people, right? Yeah. Like Steve took four, five, six, seven, eight years, depending where you kind of draw the lines to get him on the channel. Not that he ever threw shade at me, but like if I was known as a person through shade all the time, right? Then getting yeah. him on would have been very hard in those sort of ways. So I like totally this all kind of feeds off of each other and comes back together. Like the more totally you can figure out. And it's all customer yeah. service as well. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, I'm so sorry you're feeling upset about something. Like, what can I do to better your, even yeah. if you're like, whoa, this was not the way to go about it, right? But like, actually, my last thing, I listened to this one podcast once and I did this like interesting experiment because of it. And it was this podcast on um, the hidden brain, I think. And it was cool. about, do you listen to that ever? Yeah. It, it was something about... Um, Reacting to people in a way that they're yeah, not going to Yeah, I posted about it. So usually like aggression is reacted to with aggression, right? So if someone acts aggressive to you, you're going to act aggressive to them or yeah. whatever it is. So they told this one story about someone who went into a, to run into someone's house on Thanksgiving to rob them and the family, instead of being like, get the fuck out of my house. They were like, would you like a glass of wine? And the guy was like, what? And he was like, <laughs> okay. So he said, and have the glass of wine whatever. And like had the whole thing and then like left at the end of the night, just left his wine outside. And they were like, what the hell just happened? So when I was in Israel for my wedding in March, um, earlier on, my husband had parked, like we had a rental car and one of the spots that like we were staying in apartment 23. So we thought for sure we're parking spot 23. Not that it was different. We come out to our car the next morning. It's like, fuck you and Sharpies all over the car, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, 
what? <laughs> um, okay. This person didn't know that we, I Googled how to get it off and it came off with Expo markers. But I went and knocked on that person's door later in the apartment. I saw like what, found out what, and I asked the front guard guy like, oh, I want to know who lives in this apartment, whatever. I went and I brought them cookies and he's like, what? I'm like, oh, for you, you must have had a really bad day. I'm so sorry. I think I parked in your spot. Um, this is for you. You must have had a bad day. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I was like, don't worry. It's my fault. I was in your spot. But it was like this interesting behavioral principle. Like if you like react and not in the way that they came at you, it's like you get such a positive reaction. Like this person then sent me cookies and like letters saying congratulations on my wedding the next day. Yeah, but it was just an interesting little side note. Again, yeah, if like you're, peanut butter jelly. Yeah, if you're going for yeah, yeah, if you're going for longevity in the field or in life, like the more you can figure out how to uh, play that long game, right? It it'll circle back around. And I think my career um, partially is successful because of that and being taught that by others. So that's great advice. I love that. Um, last question before we end um, is where do you feel the field is going and give a Ooh. little tidbit of advice for, um, especially me, I'm asking for this cause I'm a new BCBA. So cool. Give me, give me those two and we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, piece of advice is the easier one. Um, I would say like, don't stop learning, whatever that is for you. Like if you just finished the exam and you need a week off, cool, whatever, take that. Um, no judgment. Like I do those sort of things, spend the time of the year, what's going on. Um, but there is so much in this field that is unbelievable. I thought <laughs> naively that I'd be able to like understand it all in a master's program. And then I was like, I need three more years and I'll have all this read and figured out. And I just kind of keep pushing that back. Right. There's more and more and more. Um, not yeah. just because it's not just because it like continually keeps flowing and coming out um, all the research and whatnot, but there's just so much in our history that you can go explore um that's out there so i don't know there's that's kind of coupled with like there's there's solutions oftentimes in our history books somewhere to problems you're running into and so like if you slowly learn those sort of things you life can get a lot easier because you know where to look what to do um, but if you're not sure what to do with those sort of like if you're not sure where to start anybody that's more experienced in the field or the niche that you're trying to get into or whatever usually can point you in a direction that makes it a little bit easier, right? I'm saying, read this book, check this out, whatever that is. Um, I've seen people try to reinvent the wheel um, in multiple different ways. A good one for an example is uh, working on, damn, what is it? Hold on. Gold Diamond was working on, oh, working on uh, stuttering. So if anyone has a student that stutters or works with anybody that stutters and wants to change that sort of behavior, uh, Israel Gold Diamond did this cool article in the 60s or 70s um, where they worked on developing a procedure that worked with 100% of their clients on curing, uh, air quotes, uh, stuttering effects. And it was because they worked on slowly figuring out what it was, which was essentially slowing down the rate of response so that you, they were articulating correctly and then teaching them to re-speed it up. Very simple sort of thing conceptually and like logically um studied empirically figured out but like it's not really well known out there um but like and, why because it works right <laughs> right well that was one of those things where like i got interested in like being able to communicate these sort of things that's a topic that should definitely be a daily ba episode as an example um but that's uh that's a great example of how um 
oftentimes people will be trying to like solve something now and that's a that's procedurally been figured out it might have to do your reset research yeah yeah and like that's but that's also one like we talk about like go back to the the basics yeah right? and that might, like yeah and i was gonna say that might be one of those that like nobody knows the reference for but outside of like uh, a few hundred people but like if you ask over a few weeks and you know where to ask on social media these different listservs and things you're gonna be able to find these sort of answers um and it just helps you out so yeah that's my advice like keep learning um and and seek that sort of mentorship whether indirect or direct um basically what i've heard um what i've listened to from a few mentors in the field is um you've got your master's you've got your bcba you just graduated kindergarten (laughs) (laughs) yeah Wait, yeah. so you're saying you still have to learn after the test? What? What? <laughs> yes. Luckily, I'm a person who loves to fucking I, learn. I am right? heated up. I'm like, yeah, motivated. I, mean, I, I just can't. And, I, I, I have so much. There's so much. I'm out just there. kidding. I know, of course, there's a lot to learn after the test, but I think people think they're done. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you don't know what you're in for. Wait till they right? hand you 75 kids, a clinic to run, and right? living everyone's schedules. And uh, a little hack there, if you're if you're not sure where to start, read things that are immediately useful for you or learn things that are immediately useful in your practice there, because then it kind of creates a CMOT sort of situation where you're reading because it's going to make your life easier and better and help you, right? right? Like you got to get that yeah. built-in reinforcement track. That's so. great advice. I used to print out every article that I'd see like in the ABA like resource group or something, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. read all the sexual education. <laughs> out for this and that and it's like i didn't have any clients with it and it's like yeah effing right i don't even have time to like write these behavioral plans right. like, i don't yeah, have yeah. time <laughs> that's so how i true. got through that's how i get through things yeah, that aren't as interesting so like philosophy was the most boring area for me forever and it is for a lot of people i can still get dried out from it but uh i'll read the philosophy article before the practical useful article because it kind of forces me over time to learn more of the stuff that i don't necessarily like as much not as entertaining or whatever yeah yeah so um yeah so there's some advice definitely more than one tip but there's a couple the where the field's going um it's really clear that we have uh this continued exponential growth of the bc aba bcba certificates rbt certificates so that's not slowing down any sort of time um when it comes to the industry i really think i don't have solid data on this preface um but i really think that this uh, some of the rate cuts that are being experienced in different places are only the beginning, the tip of the iceberg of like, we're going to continually be pressured and scrutinized as a field to prove our value, our worth over time. And just because we have a few studies or a few different things that we can point to, um, we, I don't think we have enough. And like, that might be our own, uh, that's, that's our own issue to deal with, right? Like we, as a community need to come together and do more of those sort of things. Um, like the fact that we lean on Lovos is really cool, for example, as an empirical field that we have this sort of thing and this history and these roots. And we also know that it's grown past that, but the fact that we still lean on Lovos to be able to talk about RCTs, like uh, randomized controlled trials of our field working, um, that's 40 I'm years so ago. I'm so happy you said what RCT was. I didn't know, and I was like, yeah. I don't know if I feel like asking right now. That's that's so <laughs> outdated from most other people's perspectives that uh, it's not even valued by those other people sometimes. So like, we as a field really need to like coordinate and work together on producing some 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 things that'll be uh, that will allow us to essentially advocate for our field more because I'm a, a little afraid about those financial sort of things just getting cut and cut and cut more often. Um, 
I get worried about that too. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, time will tell on those. And then what else? There's an area that's super not known about, but I, that I'm very excited for, which is behavior analysts are working in uh, situations where they're programming. So working on computer programming, computer programming sort of skills. So an example was that head sprout that we talked about from forever ago, but there's a few different people that are out there that are building solutions that are uh, fueled by behavior analysis, but put into programming language. Uh, one of them that's really cool is a smoking cessation program that was presented at ABI. So tell um, me all about it. Send me it after. I'm really working on this with my husband. Okay. And so um, <laughs> it's not publicly out there yet, but there's a. it was talked about at the, um, the ABI 2019 annual conference, which was um, presented by David Cox. I know him a little bit personally. I'm trying to get him on the damn channel to talk about this, but um, it's with a bunch of big researchers and companies um where it takes some approval to get this sort of stuff out there essentially what they were doing is investigating what the effects of um psilocybin has the effective compound in uh, magic mushrooms on smoking cessation the results were unreal on the first thing that they did which 18 out of the 20 i believe uh smoked uh, were sm so sorry set the stage participants were smoking for at least 20 years or more uh like a pack a day sort of behavior um, for that entire time. And uh, after one talk therapy session for an, roughly an hour with that psilocybin, 18 out of the 20 stopped and stopped cold turkey for like over a year on the follow-up. And so it was one of these things where like Magic that effect- mushrooms? Magic mushrooms? The Yeah, psilocybin dosages of some sort were provided to him. I don't remember the specifics here. And it's not- All right, I'm gonna go look for yet. some after the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone's hitting mushrooms after this, it's not because of my words here. <laughs> the, yeah, I advise the, uh, Do not but, try this um, at home. Well, the, and so here's the here's the cool thing. There is like uh, they don't know necessarily what's going on. Like they don't know what it is because we have our own learning histories. We have they had different talk therapists. They had different words said in these different sessions. They're in different rooms. They're in different environments essentially. So all these effects compounding together. Um, people weren't sure what uh, is going on. So it's this gentleman's job essentially to create a machine learning algorithm that's fueled by behavior analysis, but brings in that sort of logic to where they can run the data on streams and levels that we can't even comprehend as behavior analysts or humans to be able to understand like, oh, this is the most likely actual reason that that stuff's having its effect. Because like our brains, our histories, our like organisms ourselves, like we can't, analyze those sort of things. So like, I'm super you help, uh, like excited about that future, but I don't think it is the future for many in the field because it requires learning those programming skills. And it's just like a, a whole different beast than like providing therapy, right? Hey, the um, newest girl who works with us is an engineer and BCBA, so. Yeah, I, like that's the people that I think will be able to, to uh, are in a cool position to branch the field out and leverage our field in ways that we're not used to in a one-on-one -on -one format. So that's not to say like our field needs that one-on-one -on -one and like that's our bread and butter and that's how we work in those sort of formats face-to-face. -face. Um, but if we're we're never gonna meet the demand of autism alone in our field, if you crunch the numbers of the autism prevalence, match it to the US uh, population, and then look at the number of BCBAs that are gonna be uh, produced by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, we will not meet the demand of just autism alone. <laughs> like, so if we're saying that right. we're, we're useful for all these different areas, um, that's why I see those people being valuable and like where I'm excited for the field to go is because we can do the best work we possibly can, uh, but it's not gonna reach 
the, the total population of just this one population that we know we work with, we work with well, we have some better things we could do and we're still figuring that out. But like, we also know we could do all this other stuff, right? The world so, is our oyster, I think is the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the one-on-one -on -one training model only goes so far, I think exactly. is like- um, Find what you want to do, eat shit every day, put your work in. <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're gonna learn the shit if you want to do something different, okay? Put in the work. Guys, this come continue this conversation at Tech Saba. We will all be there. We will be, me and Casey are going to be dressed real hot trying to impress each other for the first time. <laughs> By the way, Casey, you didn't know that. I just decided that. I was like, all I wear is yoga pants, so I'll see yeah, you there. Yeah, and Carol was like, I think we should all dress like sex in the city. I'm like, what the fuck, fuck does no. that even mean? <laughs> She's like, I really like that show. It helped me through my divorce. I'm like, all right, but I'm not. So, <laughs> so Ryan, I just want to say one thing before we go. Um, I just, I'm, I'm I'm in awe of you and what you've done, but you're real. You're the real fucking deal. Like you <laughs> don't you. only just produce content. You spend time reading all of this stuff, opening, having philosophical doubt into our own field, opening it up to not just what you're learned in your master's program. You have done yeah, yeah. so much work. You are one of my idols and mentors, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you for coming on our podcast and having the hashtag longest episode we've ever produced. <laughs> so, thank you for your uh, insight. No, and I, I owe the the same thank you to you all. I owe it to all my mentors, all the people that have provided feedback, like the community on the Daily BA. Uh, Patreon's huge. Um, it allows me to keep doing what I'm doing, but it's also like that honest feedback loop that I get to make things better. So like much gratitude to everybody else. Like my job uh, is super dope and it's only dope because everybody else tunes in. If everyone else didn't tune in, I would not be doing this. Um, so like, I owe that back. Yes. 100%. I owe everything to you all. Listen, if you ever want us on your shows, we are we are seriously packed, but we could try. <laughs> <laughs> for, sure. Thinking, you know, more uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, Houston, we'll, uh, we'll have some time to overlap there. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. So we'll make something on video. Sarah said sure. we have to make you drink one night. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's so like, drinking, like, we got to get Ryan O drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I barely, I barely drink, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, I I'm totally down for beers. I usually don't do them too much, uh, solely because they just eat my productivity and I hate that, but that doesn't, uh, mean I'm not down. Maybe one That's time okay. with we the behavior it. bitches. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. I'm I, I like down. the pretend water's vodka. It's fine. Just act like you're taking shots of water. It's fine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you're talking about being productive. One of the things that I love is a good beer. One of the things that I love is a few good beers. And one of the things I hate is like the effects of a few good beers, especially yeah. as I get older and older and older. And when a few turns into too many. So totally down for beers with whomever. Um, let's make it happen in Houston. All right. We well, we said we're hanging there. out after the convention. So we'll see what we could do. Also, guys, don't forget to subscribe to Behavior Bitches on Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast on Facebook, Behavior Bitches website that's still a pile of dog shit. So send someone our <laughs> way if they know how to do that. And also subscribe to our um, guest stuff, Daily okay, VA. Stop saying the Behavior Bitches website because it's like, I know we're just going to realize it still has things on it that say like put text here put text here put text here i know i noticed that when i was no, reading. Just, like, like we don't use it like just no, and no. 
And we make fun of it every single episode. We're like, if you want, the response form does work. But like, it says like, <laughs> insert text here, insert blah, blah here. Or and I'm talk like- Talk about a blog here. And it's like, there's no blog. There's no anything. <laughs> yeah. We don't even have a blog. Like we don't have a newsletter. We don't have, no. <laughs> We're, you know, we're, we're starting fresh. I'm leaving my job soon, you know, figure out where I'm going to go next. Hopefully I'll have a little bit more time to put into this stuff, especially as we build our Patreon. I'm so excited about that. Um, but go support Ryan on his Patreon. Um, it's all about people supporting people, trying to spread the good word. And that is why we are here. Um, word. We love you guys all. Thank you as for tuning always, in. Love you. <laughs> mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started he records our shows he posts them he adds awesome awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing he sends us teaser episodes he does it all we just sit here and friggin' talk we shoot the shit and you can record from home your office the park a bathroom stall at work it doesn't matter he provides the complete podcast studio all you need is a microphone and you're good Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 